0: And welcome to this week's episode of Parenting with Play. This week, I've got my lovely friend, Gemma Keane, who is a former primary school teacher. She runs baby development classes. She's mum to a gorgeous 12-year-old boy. And she's my co-founder of the Lockdown Parenting Club. So I'm thrilled to have her on the show. Welcome, Gemma. Thank you. This week, we're going to talk about how to help your strong-willed child, how to parent your strong-willed child, because I often hear from so many parents how challenging it is, and parents don't want to break their strong-willed child. They recognize how valuable it is, but it can be hard work. So that's what Gemma and I are going to be talking about this week. So Gemma, before we start, do you want to just give a bit more of a background about yourself, how long you've been doing Aware Parenting and Parenting by Connection for, and how you found found founded the approach and the initial changes that you saw before we dive in?
1: Yeah, sure. So I have a 12-year-old and I basically, I was a primary school teacher and in my kindy class, all my kids kind of just listened to me and followed what I said to do. It felt really easy. And so I just presumed when I was a parent, the same thing would happen with my little boy. I just presumed he'd do as I said. And also thinking back to when I was a little girl, I was one of those good girls. So whatever my parents said, I would do. I'd want to please them and I would follow. And then I had this little boy and he didn't want to do that at all. (laughs) He was so, um, like he had definitely his own ideas about life. And I was really shocked. Like I was surprised. I don't know why, but I just didn't expect it. It was becoming a parent and then he was this gorgeous little baby and then he got to a toddler and whatever I said he would literally like throw himself on the floor crying or all of these things and I just wasn't expecting it and that's where he actually challenged me and helped me grow completely because I then had to find out all these you know all these different ways to parent and so I'm really glad he was so strong and didn't just give in and do as I said, because otherwise I wouldn't have ever grown as a parent.
0: Yeah, I remember um, you, you've got that great saying that, do you want to remember, can you say that saying that I love, about what when you're going through hard times, that's when you find the answer. Oh, I can't think of what i, really like I said <laughs> now. Basically, yeah, when we have challenging times, that does test us to then reach yeah. out and find a different way because yeah exactly the way we're doing things just clearly isn't working yeah exactly that's so true isn't it so
1: it's like through those hardest moments then like the outcome comes because you actually have to challenge yourself and find out a different way and that's exactly what he did for me and what I did so he was um you know around three or four years old and he were we were following the ways of some of the ways of Supernanny, like giving him time out or because she said that if we gave them that time out, then they would do as we wanted. So I thought that was the way, that's the TV program I was watching at the time. And, and sometimes it'd work and sometimes my heart would be breaking because he'd be sitting there crying and I'd just feel so sorry for him. And, but then I thought, well, this is the way, this is what she said. So then, um, I remember once just Googling because he was crying in his bedroom. My heart was breaking and it, it was this article called, I need a hug. And it was saying in those moments, they just need a cuddle. They just, they don't know what they've done. They don't need, they're not learning anything from being put in the bedroom or being given time out. They, they, they just need a cuddle. And I literally ran into the room and gave him a big cuddle. And um, from there, I thought I need to change something here. This isn't working and Freddie began, actually began school in England. And we went to his first little, because they start earlier at four, went to his first little primary school, what are they called, teacher interview. And they were like, oh, he does really well. You know, whenever we give him a sticker or whatever, he'll tidy up, he'll do everything perfectly. And at that moment, that felt so wrong for me because she was basically like, I could see that in him he would do things to get this sticker but it wasn't it was like in competition with others and and it wasn't him
0: mm-hmm. so
1: it was really making me not feel all these little things were making me feel uneasy around him as this little unique being it wasn't very nice and then we moved to australia and he could go back to preschool which was great because <laughs> we found kinma And he could just play a lot and that's exactly what he needed. He needed to stop proving himself, stop trying to do things for this sticker or award and just play a bit more. Um, And then luckily I found out about Aware Parenting, Parenting by Connection at that time, which completely um, changed my life with regards to him. The struggles I had at the beginning with regards to this approach was when he was crying and angry I felt like I just couldn't do it he would be like spitting Mm -hmm. like because he was getting that sad and he'd lost control completely of his body But I suppose it's because we'd never sat there with him and listened to him cry and support him in those moments
0: well most people don't know that that's something you can do I mean even the fact that you needed to read an article to give you the permission to go and hug your upset child just shows sometimes that, you know, we're all trying to do the absolute best that we can. And so then we follow certain advice and even though it might not feel right inside, we just think well, that's what we should be doing. So then that I need a hug article is so simple isn't mm-hmm. it? and then just sort of help to change things. Um, so with him being, as you would describe, very strong will, and so many children are, I mean, we want to because that's the thing that people we struggle with or you know there's that the two needs one needs to fit in to be accepted and co-op you know and and to desire to cooperate with those around us whether that is our immediate family or um, our extended family or the community we're in such as school what have you so we do have that innate desire to cooperate and and be accepted within that community but we also have a really strong Desire to be self-autonomous, to make our own decisions, to feel that we have our own—you know—the power of our own bodies and minds and actions. And so sometimes they can be conflicting. And and when you're in that sort of community environment, like a school where teachers have got one to thirty small children, I mean goodness, <laughs> it's hard enough sometimes with <laughs> your own children, let alone with everybody else. Although you said you found it easier, but you know, there's often a desire to control the kids out of logistical need. But as you could see with Freddie, that desire to control was somehow sort of, I wouldn't say crushing because that's quite a strong word, but was altering his behaviour in order to please. Exactly. It made me really relate back to me as a child and
1: I'd obviously been easier to, it isn't a word, crushing, because they'd moulded me into doing as they wanted, but then something in, within me was lost and when I reflect back to the, that time, it makes me feel a bit sad. And, and I noticed with Freddie, he was just cheeky and fun and strong-willed. And when he's trying to please and get these stickers, like little bits of him were getting lost. And it was really making me not want that to happen for him.
0: Yeah. So then it then begs the question, how do you then parent a strong-willed child? <laughs> <laughs> because clearly you, you don't want to. Diminish that side of him. And the parents that I work with, they're so proud in a way of their child being strong willed because they know how powerful and useful that is when they're no longer living with them, when they're out in the world doing great things in the world. And it is important. And we want, you know, one of the big fears of when our kids become teenagers is that they're just going to be easily led and go down to do things that we ideally, you know, don't really want them to go down into or to have the strength to be able to say no. And that ability to say no starts with our kids being able to say no to us, which is infuriating as a parent on one level. So what did you start to do to help him maintain his strong will and his deep connection with his own needs and desires, but also make life a bit easier at home with you?
1: Yes, yeah, so so many things cropped up when you were talking then and asking that question. First of all, I was thinking to his 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 star sign is Aries, which is kind of very strong-willed anyway. And then, have you heard of Human Design?
0: I have. I've just yes, I've heard bits and pieces. Yeah.
1: So he's actually a manifesto, which is a small percentage of the people which are very strong and idea creators and do not like to be told what to do. So understanding him as a person was really important to me. And that gave me so much more patience because I just understood him and got where he was coming from a lot. So I always go to that. And then also the play was massive for us. So the special time and play, he craves that connection with me so much. And I noticed that when I'm playing, like at the moment in lockdown, because we've got so much time at home, He just loves it and he wants to help me then because we've got this connection and play and I'm finding parenting so smooth at the moment, him being, I don't know if it's age or or I really feel like it's our relationship at this time because our relationship's so strong and we are putting in all these little bits of play all the time and silliness. And
0: when you say play, what do you mean by play?
1: So this balloon game, for example, in the lounge, we've got badminton rackets and a balloon and we have it like half like a tennis court and we bat it to each other and we're only allowed two hits on either side and we he laughs so much and I laugh so much which genuine laughter and those little bits so we're like in this card game at the moment am I allowed to swear on this or not
0: try not to okay
1: Okay. so it's called Pooh head that would be a (laughs) name (laughs) but and it's a really cool card game it's actually the most fun card game we've ever played so every time when he comes off um, his PlayStation we go straight to playing this game outside on the balcony and this connection also really helps us because he always wins a lot which makes him laugh as well because he's very competitive but I've noticed now he wins a lot he he wants to try and help me win too because he's so good at the game <laughs> so that's <laughs> and really Do you those...
0: deliberately lose to him or is he just naturally? No finished?
1: he's just really good at the game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. I used to 12. do that.
1: When he was younger, I used to do that a lot because he liked to win and to just make it silly and you help him in that way. But now I really try hard and it's funny because he's actually just really good.
0: <laughs> but I think that's the beauty because whenever I talk about games, I say it doesn't have to, to take long <clears throat> and you don't need lots of special equipment. I mean, your living room is not massive yeah. and yet set up something simple like do you actually have a badminton net or do you just have an imaginary
1: line? No, no, no. We've got a line in the lounge, which is like this armchair. And
0: yeah. then
1: he kind of cheats because he, he's got the coffee table on his side. So the balloon hasn't touched the floor. Yeah. So I'm like, no way! And he's <laughs> laughing. He's like, no, it's not touched the floor. Or it'll land on like a shoe or something. And we joke because it's kind of cheating, but not cheating. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. And then... um Another thing I always do is, what you've talked about a lot is follow the giggles.
0: Yes, that's that's a phrase from Larry Cohen's Playful Parenting book. And I think it's so powerful because, yeah, just if your child is giggling, keep going, keep yeah. going. Sorry, carry on. No, 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 that's
1: it's exactly what, so there was this funny thing that happened the other day with the dog, because he's got this like sleep in his eye, the dog when he wakes up and I hate it. And Freddie always like pulls it out. And I'm like, oh, and then he starts to put it towards me. And I'm like, stop it now. And he finds it so funny. And then he like follows me with it. And I, because he's laughing so much and it takes more to make him laugh now he's 12. um, I carry that on a lot, but actually just carry it on a bit naturally as well, because it's so disgusting. It makes me want to vomit. And he thinks it's so funny that I think it's so disgusting. And he laughs and laughs. And I say how disgusting it is. Like, do not put that, do not, oh my God, do not put that near me. And he's like, ah.
0: Which of course is the natural invitation for them to then do it more. <laughs> because, and, and I think many parents worry about the play aspect of it because they think, well, then your child's then, um, you know, if you're just playfully going, no, no, sort of encouraging your child to keep doing that behaviour, then is your child then going to learn that doing that behaviour when you, or doing, you know, a behaviour that you're saying no to at other times that they're just going to keep doing it because they've learned not to respect your no. So what do you find um, by doing those playful games with him that helps then in those times when he is being willful or do you find that he's just less willful because you're playing those games? How, how does that work, that those more challenging times then? Um, so
1: I would say I just notice. The maturity and understanding in him as a 12-year-old now, I think the strong-willedness was, or however you say it, was so strong when he was younger. And then now I have so much patience with him and understanding, and I feel like he mirrors that with me. So, for example, when we're going to England, I notice he's saying like he notices how the parents talk to the children in our family, you know, maybe a bit more harsh or disrespectful. And he'll take time out with me at the side and say, did you see that? And I'll be like, yeah, but I don't agree. And I think that we talk to each other respectfully. And so when he sees other people doing it, I notice just as this 12 year old now, he's just so much more respectful to me and understanding because I've always given him that respect as well. Does that make sense?
0: It does totally. And I think that's really heartening for those who are listening with little kids. For those of you listening along, my five-year-old has come in the room and is now all over me, but anyway, we're just <laughs> keep going so keep going for some extra noises um, because when our kids are little, we can go, A, this is really hard in the moment. Like my child is just being <laughs> really challenging and B, if they're like this now when they are two, three, four, five, what on earth are they gonna be like when they're 11, 12, 13, 14, 15? So I think hearing from you and hearing how, when you can be respectful and help them, and I think we'll talk a bit more in a minute about how to actually help our strong-willed children when they are at those little ages, but just to know that what you're then actually setting up for those older years, is really encouraging to note here, because I know when I first started this approach, what, Emily's 11, just a bit younger than Freddie, that I didn't know anybody with teenagers at that stage. Um, So it really did feel like a leap of faith going, oh my God, if we do this, (laughs) I hope it's going to work out okay. So to then actually hear from you that it's actually incredibly positive is so heartening. So for those of you listening at home, this is really good. (laughs) This is really good validation. (laughs) So true. It does actually pay off older on. So when, when he was little, how did you manage and, and work through those times when he was being really strong-willed um, and, and how did you balance that out and, and help move through it?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, we did special time most days and every day I remember he wanted to play cards and my heart would drop <laughs> because I hate playing cards. <laughs> and so I always think that I knew that he would listen to me more when he was connected to me and when he wouldn't when he was really going against me it was when he felt really disconnected and felt like I I wasn't on his side so yeah. the special time really helped I'm playing cars obviously mm. what helped me with the special time when he did a game that I really didn't want to do was to just become really present with him and look at his little face and his eyelashes and his eyes and the sounds he was making. So that really helped me play the games that I didn't want to play.
0: It helps you to fall in love with your child again.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%.
0: Because if you're just focusing on their behaviour and just going, oh, this is such a chore, but then, like with George sitting next to me now, just feeling him sitting on my lap and those little, you know... I remember how cute he is <laughs> when you look at love
1: him again yeah yeah that really helps doesn't it um so and then respect, you can
0: be more patient with him with them as
1: well when you feel more, that love for them yeah 100% and then view then I would kind of view his strong willedness, like I would embrace it and love it because I could see you know his determination and just be able to have that patience and understanding of him and looking at him as this like tiny little kid who had so much will like I would be so in love with that like rather than before that I was viewing it as like him going against me or it was like a change in perspective so that really helped
0: so rather than it being a battle of wills which is what it can get to and especially in those fraught moments when you're going no you have to do this Mm -hmm. and then the child becomes even more determined not to do what you're asking and then it does become a battleground to, to increase those moments of connection so that you soften to him and that he's got his fill of connection. So he's less likely to be obstructive and rude and yet he can still hold his center, hold his ground in those things that are important to him.
1: Yeah, for sure. And things like I was so concerned when he was younger about what he was wearing. And yeah. then I just learned to relax. Like you can wear whatever he wants. Like that's not that big a deal. And, Just letting myself relax in these kind of things changed it again. So maybe his will was just normal. Like he just wanted to wear what he wanted to wear, but I wanted him to wear something different. And when I relaxed around that, he was like, oh, what shall I wear? You know, ask me then because there wasn't that battle.
0: Yes. Yes, I got to the point actually with Emily. Before I really did more play, but like clothes were optional at home. I really, yeah, clothes is something I completely let go but you're right because once you then let go then your child is much more able to 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 think and and be more willing to be cooperative in those moments rather than it being this flashpoint
1: yeah exactly
0: so it sounds like you've come to be at peace around him having his will because you recognize just how important it is and And perhaps how much you wish you might have had that when you were younger?
1: Yeah, for sure. And something I always say to him now, I feel like he has a really, well, like all our kids do, a really strong sense of what's right and wrong. Like he's got that inside him. And then things have happened in other areas when he's not with me. And I can't be there to support him say for example in school or when he's somewhere where I'm not in control of or helping him and I I've panicked in those moments now he's getting older because there's going to be lots of situations where I'm not going to be there to help him and so what I've been doing lately is putting out situations when we're going for a nice walk or scooter ride and saying what do you think's right or wrong in this and you know like he. Like just supporting him, I'm like, you know, inside, like, you know, if that's right or wrong, like you can feel it inside and just helping him know that he doesn't necessarily have to listen to someone in authority because they might not necessarily be right, but to just know inside that he's got the answer. So I'm just really like making that stronger at the moment. I think that's where I'm at with my parenting. I really want to know, make him have the confidence that he knows what's right and wrong inside he's got a good sense of that because I think that's so important when he's an adult and a
0: teenager it's so powerful and it's something many people struggle with is like going constantly looking for the next person to tell them what to do Mm -hmm. because that's what we're used to isn't it you know in Mm -hmm. school institutions and the old the older way of making children behave and be good was form of control so to actually feel that you can instill or it's not even instilling, it's maintaining that sense of trust in themselves mm-hmm. is so, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest gifts we can give them. That that strong connection with us is a huge gift and that strong connection to themselves and what's right for them, I think is, is, uh, is just the ultimate, really. Yeah. And, and what I love about this approach is that because we're helping our children with their emotions, so when they get clouded with emotions, we can recognise that they're not... Bad or naughty or need to be dominated—they've just got some upset feelings that they need help with. When we can help them release those upset feelings, then they go back to their essential self,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or they—they they're, yeah—they go back self, to yeah. the beautiful selves. And so, by helping helping them to release those upsets to and have that anchor of strong connection with us, they can stay true to themselves and they can go out. I mean they're also going to make mistakes and do silly things and you know this is not perfection but it is amazing
1: Mm -hmm. I agree do
0: you have anything else you want to offer on strong willed children oh yeah well just I think just um did we talk about when he was little I'm now a bit distracted because my son's been and gone
1: (laughs) (laughs) um we did I was saying about the special time and um Just about accepting him more and as he, exactly as he is. And then also about um, looking at each thing, really, like looking at his, you know, the clothing choices. And was that actually, did I actually need to battle with that or not? And, you know, looking at myself as well as him, that really helped me. It Maybe it was my thing more and did I have to push so hard in this? like at I moment. think
0: that that is a really key part of parenting mm-hmm. is what's my stuff and what's theirs mm-hmm. and often our stuff clouds what's going on with our child which is a whole other topic so we talk about that another time but that's the key parts so that's why when i teach I talk about there's four different elements one is the connection and the play one is helping is listening to their upset feelings Another one is setting limits in a way that helps children with their feelings and stops the challenging behaviour. And the fourth part is the parent support and, and what's going on for us as parents and helping parents with that. Because when we can start to work on stuff that's going on for ourselves, then it becomes much clearer and sort of cleaner to then know what to do with our children. So you've obviously had a lot of insight into what was helpful for you and what you did and didn't want to do with your own child which mm-hmm. is so is so powerful all right well thanks very much it's thank been you and um, for those of you listening we're recording this in April um, whilst we are in coronavirus lockdown so Gemma and I have co-created the Lockdown Parenting Club where we go into all of this in more detail and offer practical ways of being with your children to help them with this strange time. And we're in on hand so much during the group, um, offering lots of calls during the week to offer parents support to then be able to get through the day well with juggling everything that you're juggling with, um, work, helping kids with their schoolwork, entertaining little kids, you know, squabbles and all that sort of stuff. Um, and and really wanting to make life easier for you in lockdown. So if you're interested in joining us, Um, go to parentingwithplay.com.au forward slash lockdown. All right. Thanks again, Gemma. Have a gorgeous day with your lovely boy and I'll speak to you again another time. I'll see you in the Lockdown Parenting Club. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released and I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing.